What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard of business, they're dead meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, your horror safe haven. I'm Chelsea. And I'm James. And we're married and we like to get scared together and say what the fuck together. So many people requested this. Like, my inbox, if I went and looked for Mad God, it's it's dozens of emails and tweets and lots of people wanting me to review this with you. And I wanted to see this anyway. I would have watched this. I think it's Shudder's biggest movie premiere. It is, yeah. yeah. I, I would have watched this anyways. It's mm-hmm. kind of right up my alley. It just, it's a cool, even just the basic pitch of this is very cool. But what the fuck, guys? We can't <laughs> review this. And it's too late to turn back. Like, because of RTX, which was great, by the way. Thank you all for coming out. Yeah, thank you. The schedule, once again, is pushed forward. And I've got to get out a podcast by Sunday. And we picked our movie. And we watched it. And we don't have time to watch another one to do a review. Thought about it. But we got to <laughs> do this one. So we're going to do this one. Just got to do this one. So Mad God, if you're not familiar, uh, came out this year. It, was, it premiered June this year on mm-hmm. Shutter. But this movie is a movie 30 years in the making, which is so cool. It's kind of like a um, The Thief and the Cobbler that also was a one-man animated film. If you haven't seen that, that movie's cool, too. I think I think it exists in some capacity, like the full put-together animation. And was that 2D animation? Or was yes, that also that's just motion? traditional hand-drawn. So this is stop motion. This is a stop motion film. Created by Phil Tippett. Yes. And he began working on it while he was working on RoboCop 2, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then took a break after he worked on Jurassic Park. And Jurassic Park, of course, had industry-changing CGI. And I believe that he saw that happening and decided, oh there's not going to be a place in the future for stop motion. And so he stopped working on it in 93. And then some years ago, I don't know when, I know that at least by 2013, there were people working on it. Yeah, he did a Kickstarter, right? uh, People encouraged him to pick it back up. I think he raised money. I think he he had volunteers. He brought in volunteers to work on it, students and such, and has been working on it for probably the past 10 years on a slightly more consistent basis. But uh, yeah, it's... According to Wikipedia, at one point he did have a mental breakdown and uh, was yeah, hospitalized. Yeah, I saw it. It's in the movie. Yeah, yeah, the it is thing. the whole movie. Which, I mean, okay, just the pitch alone. It took this dude 30 years to make. It's stop motion, and it put him in the hospital. It, it's going to be good, right? So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go into this movie expecting a narrative film or you can't approach it like a movie. I, you know, before we started recording this, I, I did. I went online, read a bunch of people's opinions, a lot of conversations about the movie. A lot of positive stuff from the people who I think rightly were able to look at what went into it and respect the, the artistry that went into this. But there was a vocal uh, portion of the audience who saw it and was like, the fuck is this? There's like... I guess the visuals were cool, but they should have spent more time on the script or stuff like that. That's not the approach. That's not to this what movie. it is. Yeah. Either. It's and I get it. We went to film school. We were put in auditoriums and made to watch things that prepared us. For I this. was truly trying to remember maybe one of 
either you or Gress will remember what this uh, term is. It's the idea of the cinema of being uncomfortable, where sitting through a film feels like work. And I forget, do you know what I'm talking about? There's like a there's a term for it and I think a specific theorist that there's this idea that film can feel like labor just sitting and enduring a film and that's a, a totally different approach to making a film and telling not even a story but just an experience yeah an art form and that's what this is it's an yeah. experience it did feel like a labor at points it's 85 minutes long I felt like it was it at least two like hours it feels like a million years long yeah and that's not necessarily a bad thing because this this movie's oppressive and it is designed to feel really heavy and weird and bad (laughs) (laughs) it's a nightmare it's It's, desolate yeah yeah it also i think is kind of if there ever was still an argument that animation is only for children don't (laughs) let your kids watch this don't it's grotesque a a complete nightmare even for adults i don't recommend this lightly just because it's so it's not only it, it, not only is it gory, that's just the beginning of it. It's scatological, like it is profane. There's poop and diarrhea and erections and and, balls and, and scabby and... balls. And then on top of that, just the the feeling of it is just so it's dystopian. Just nuclear holocaust kind <laughs> yeah. of. Um, it's a great lot. Time. It really feels and. The, okay, I'm. We're this, really selling this. this is, thing. No, no, no. This is what this whole episode's gonna be. By the way, it's just Mad Lips. It's gonna be us taking you through the journey of this film. Which, by the way, if you haven't watched this and you're just gonna listen to us describe it, don't do that. Go watch it. <laughs> it's just because it's just gonna be us doing a freeform poem of I don't know. I guess the the best way to describe this movie is it's like if Hieronymus Bosch. Instead of living in the 1400s, lived through World War II and made art about it. Okay. You know, you know Hieronymus Bosch. I've heard the name. Like the Garden of Earthly Delights, where it's all those weird little fucked up guys. Oh yeah. And there's like heaven and have we done purgatory a and hell. I don't think we have. We should. we should. Yeah. But it's got some Hieronymus Bosch feelings. Just creatures that are total abominations and couldn't be invented by anyone else kind of thing. That's the thing. This movie's so fucking creative. The whole yeah. time I'm sitting there like, I couldn't do, I couldn't conjure up a minute's worth in this movie of of these ideas. Yeah, there's, I, I was Especially watching, the first half hour. I was watching an interview with him from Great Big Story. Uh, he seems really sweet, by the way. It's so funny. He's he just, like a 70-year-old man. Yeah, now, yeah. yeah. Got, he looks like Santa Claus. And <laughs> he is talking about how this movie is just years worth of him just kind of freestyle jazzing an animated film. It's just aesthetics he wanted to do and creatures he wanted to make. And so there's not really, I think, one big overarching intent to it. It's just kind of what he was wanting to put on camera. I know that he worked on Star Wars. Did he do like Cantina Monsters? No, he did the, uh, I think, the hologram the hologram chess. The, oh, okay. That creatures. makes sense. Yeah, there's sure. there's some guys that look like that in here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Some some Easter eggs if you're looking for them. I noticed, and I Googled to confirm, I noticed uh, Robbie the Robot from, uh, is that Forbidden Planet? I'm not sure. I think um, there are some RoboCop. Yeah, there's. Pro- I think there is a RoboCop. Uh, I, I forget what they're called. Yeah, yeah, I don't know my RoboCop Lucy's lore. trying to get in. 
Yeah, Lucy, come on. You can do it. Um, there's a few there's a few other things hidden in there. Mostly that one room. Oh, she locked herself out. Mostly that one room with all the kind of statues and stuff. A lot of those are painted over um, pre-existing characters or models. Um, I saw a pig in a chef's hat in that room. That looked like one of those things that people have in their kitchen. Yeah. Like, it's always either a little pig in an apron and a hat, or it's like an actual little chef with a mustache, and it's holding something, like uh-huh. a tray, and mm-hmm. you can put wine bottles on it or whatever. Or like fake grapes. Yeah. <laughs> just really just get dusty, dusty <laughs> fake grapes, for sure. <laughs> it, it's so funny, because we also watched this the day after we saw the new Top Gun. <laughs> Which is amazing, by the way. Top Gun is the coolest shit. Top Gun Maverick fucking rules. Top Gun is like being day drunk on your college graduation day. And then this is like doing PCP in your (laughs) uncle's doomsday bunker. (laughs) I saw some people being like, how high should I give to watch this movie? Uh, Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe don't. This yeah, it it's enough on, on its what own, kind man. of high you're gonna yeah. get because I could see this getting too scary too fast <laughs> and also feeling longer than it even does. Oh God, yeah, man, I was looking because uh, a friend texted me and was like, "Hey, could you do me a favor?" I was like, "Yeah, I could do it in like 20 minutes." And then I was re scrubbing through the movie today. And the point at which I was like, yeah, I think I got 20 minutes left of this movie. It was only 20 minutes into the movie. Like, I thought that we were almost done with it. And it wasn't even done with the first act. Yeah. Um, the first act, the first half hour is kind of different than the rest of it. And that might owe to the prolonged production schedule. This might have been what he completed earlier on. And uh, it's definitely its own thing. I've seen a lot of people say that they really like the first 30 minutes and then it falls apart after that because there it does introduce some human characters. It's not 100% yeah, stop motion. Yeah, there's some humans in it. About a half hour in, they start to do that. And maybe that was to speed up things and get this thing done uh, much faster to record someone acting than do all the stop motion. Um, and I saw people say that the sets and such weren't as detailed after that point. I can see that maybe for the middle section, but like... I don't know. There, the end, you've got this castle and this weird alchemist dungeon. The alchemist stuff is... I really like... Feels like the first half. That alchemist is a mean mean motherfucker, man. Yeah, I don't like him very much. Yeah. He's a tumor with a beard on it. So here's the thing, is this review could just be, and then this weird guy happens. It's going to be us describing a series of guys. That's the whole episode. I'm sorry. The whole episode is us just saying, and then there's another guy who shows up. Who's your favorite guy? Ooh, that's tough. The bugs playing cards are really high up there. Oh, I thought they were shrimp. Are they shrimps? I don't know. Well, they're little cockroaches or something. They have like same tea thing, and I guess. Cards. Yeah, they have a little tea set and they're playing cards, and I like them. I like the little rainbow guy in that same world who gets that taken world is by the. Cool. Yeah, that world rips. Yeah, and then it gets invaded by a spider. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there's nowhere. Good uh, to exist in this. I like the tiny Santa Claus looking gnomes who are arguing over either Those a are... doll or a dead body. And, and then they all get crushed. They get stepped on. Those yep. are real people. Mm-hmm. Oh, they'd go on the kill count. Yeah. Of Which will never fucking no, happen. No, no, no. <laughs> so many nukes go off in this. You can't do it. I like the, the there's like one with human teeth. Near the beginning, it's the one that comes. It's got the butcher knife. Oh, the and butcher it has guy. Big old titties. He was, lots of them have big old titties. There's yeah. a lot of weird titties in there. Yeah, 
<laughs> that guy scared me. I didn't like him. It's yeah. Because then he takes the he takes the invisible man without legs and kills him. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. I'm watching Gressel live edit this. Just yeah. I, I wish we had a little camera on you so we could put you in the corner just as a live react for this whole episode. I don't watch what you guys review. I've done, this is the fourth one of these I've done. <laughs> yeah. I don't watch these movies. Yeah. This is... What are you talking about? One guy one guy's walking around and he has giant testicles that I thought were boobs, but they're just testicles with scabs on them. And then a guy goes to wipe off the scab and the thing poops on him. Yeah, it's like just shitting like liquid diarrhea everywhere. That's after the there's a row of people getting electrocuted like they're in a, uh, on death row, but then it turns out they're diarrheaing, and then that diarrhea goes, goes down into, into a funnel, a, and a, a, a guy a is mouth. like, ah, oh, he's like, eating it. Yeah. You guys, this makes the wall sound like fucking Pinocchio. I honestly, the like giant, the thing with giant scabby balls made me think of the wall. It made me think of the the courtrooms with the judge who's like a giant talking asshole and balls. Have you seen the wall? No. Oh, we gotta watch that. You haven't seen the wall? No. Oh, your dad would be so disappointed. Yeah, this movie's fucking gross, dude. It's yeah, this movie's also really, really gross. I am glad we ate dinner before, cause I think I almost timed it so I would have been eating during this, and I'm so glad that I wasn't. It reminded mm. me of when my friend, uh, we went to a screening of Eraserhead, and neither of us had seen it, and she snuck in hummus, and <laughs> she, it was the worst food to sneak into that this, movie. This is very Eraserhead. It's got a lot of Eraserhead. It's got a weird it. baby. Yeah. Weird baby. Yeah. But okay, so the the first half is this okay. uh th- this diving bell is lowered down, down, down yeah, there's through a guy all these in landscapes, it, and there's a guy in it who has a gas mask and like a jacket. I like the design of these little guys. Yeah, he's cool and he's called uh, the, the assassin. assassin. Uh we didn't know that watching it. Or I guess it says it in like the log line on Shutter, but he's the assassin. He's he's the guy, and he's a nice little guy. He's walking around, uh, and just for the first half hour he's just walking around witnessing things yeah it's just him being lowered through a series of just rungs of hell essentially basically each environment has its own kind of specific aesthetic the very first area you see reminds me of the uh above layer in the matrix kind of yeah some of this felt like the matrix sequels oh and it it does start with a leviticus quote yes lending it it a biblical theme kind of right over this i think it's right after we see this thing that to me looks like the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Getting washed over by like a cloud. There's this giant prison with its spotlights and guns being aimed at this little dude being lowered down. And I thought of Metropolis a little bit too, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. maybe that's an obvious reference, but I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> oh, this has gears and metal in it. Getting some Metropolis vibes here. (laughs) He keeps getting lowered into this swampy area. There's goopy fossils and bones. And then there's this room with statues. And I also was reminded of H.R. Geiger a little bit. To me, that room, since it's like, since we're set up with this biblical theme, that room, I was like, are these false gods all arranged? But some of the the imagery, I think this room is revisited later. It is. And I saw like a four-armed, what could have been like a a Hindi god. 
Uh, and then I saw like another a, a woman in a religious looking shroud. Yeah. So I was like, are these false gods or something? And then like there's that? the pig with a chef's hat. And then so. pigs with a chef's hat in there, which could be someone's god. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I expected like a big boy to be in there. Oh, he hell yeah. Not. I think in that room, too, there's like. Uh, one of the creatures from Sinbad, the stopmother, Ray Harryhausen. Ray oh. Harryhausen's a huge influence on Phil Tippett, and you can tell there's some sequences in this that made me think of that Clash of the Titans. Mm -hmm. Just monsters fighting each other. When the guy lands at the bottom of whatever, of hell, he, he lands on a floor because he's going to keep going down through little holes and stuff, but yeah. that's when he gets out and he steps on these little gnome guys. Yeah. I What I like, too, is... The world of this instantly feels gigantic. Huge. It's impressive that a stop motion movie makes a world that feels so big. It mm -hmm. just uses perspective in such a neat way and compositing. I think a lot of the, at least from what I can tell from the behind the scenes stuff, some of these things are kind of collaged together. Like they would shoot backgrounds and then I think sometimes the uh, characters or figures are even like comped in. Uh, no, I'm not sure. I wish I wish this video was a bit more descriptive. Um, if anyone knows of somewhere where I can see more behind the scenes, please. I, I'm, I'm genuinely so interested, not even for this video because I wouldn't get it on time to edit into this, but just for my own enjoyment. Yeah, this first area he's in kind of feels a little bit urban. There's like a hotel. There's like a murder brothel. Yeah, because there's a, uh, he sees through silhouette and through windows, like a guy playing a piano, and then the next room over, a lady just getting stabbed a bunch, and it's out of this building that your boy with the cleaver comes out. Yeah. To kill our legless invisible man who has captured a thing and is trying to eat it. Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. That's mm. the description of what happened. Uh-huh. Uh, none of the none of these things interact with the assassin. No, they he's basically just ignore observing. It. Yeah. And he's got a map and he's looking for something. The map is falling apart. It's mm -hmm. it's made of paper and every time he looks at it, little pieces flutter to the ground. But yeah. He keeps carrying on and he walks into some room that has a monkey we on a bed. got a monkey. We've There's got... There's a lizard in a tank full of water. That's another of my favorite guys is this the little lizard. lizard. It's really cute. Oh, see, mine is two guys later. It's the masturbating baby face doll. I was going to say the masturbating d doll. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's like two chicken-like things trying to get at each other in their own separate cages. Yeah. This is when we see the giant guys being electrocuted. Yeah. He, he finds this row of people in electric chairs. And then I wrote, uh, oh, they huge. Are they pooping? Question mark into something's mouth question mark yes yes the they are into a giant funnel and our main character the assassin takes basically a like a like a lift uh what are they called elevator Burp? no it's not an elevator Brit? what are you doing Burp. like one of those oh uh dumb dumbbell not cherry picker it's like a he takes it whatever it's an elevator he takes an elevator to this other floor and there's a guy factory down here. I don't know how else to describe it. It's well, a it's, factory it's the of guys. Eating poop is making these things, and they're basically creepy crawler. So wait, is molds, the is you know? the poop going into the molds making the guys? Maybe. And there's like reanimator fluid too. There's like this bright green stuff mm -hmm. being injected. It is kind of like creepy crawlers. Creepy crawlers, like that. Yeah. They're the metal casts, yeah. and they're being filled with this goop, and then out of them come gloopy hairy guys yeah they look like 
they're made of hair balls. I called them hair monkey I like that. That's good. I think that's very I just good. called them hairy guys. <laughs> they, yeah, they look like when I stumble upon a surprise hairball from our cat, but they're people-shaped. Yes. It's gross. <laughs> and forget anyone who previously to this moment I said was my favorite. The hair monkey are my favorite. Really? I feel so bad for them. I do feel bad for them. Because they're us. I think yeah, that they're people. It's it's funny because as much as this movie feels impenetrable, lots of it is not. Lots of it is pretty, this is a factory floor and we're just making workers to send them in and they get murdered and they melt them back down. And they, they get it's murdered just this so endless, casually. Yeah, yeah. These little guys are going about all this work and they're getting run, literally steamrolled by like a steamroller. Yeah, they throw themselves into furnaces. Yeah. Like, this is very much feels like a statement on capitalism or something where it's just like society is making these little guys, they're creating them to make work, and then they're just getting killed uh, for the productivity. And one of them does finally interact with the assassin. Yeah. He almost I, makes a and friend. There's a moment of, if, if you, I guess if you're really looking for character stuff in this, this is a scene where you really feel for this little hairy guy. And I know, I like you all the little hairy guys, And I think the assassin's maybe even thinking about helping him or taking him, but yeah. it's like, no, what I'm doing is bigger picture too important, so he has to move on. He has to leave this thing behind, and this thing gets killed by the, the scabby balls monster who poops on people, and then he also has a whip, and he's whipping the Yeah, he's, he's like the uh, the foreman, I guess. Like, he's running the factory mm-hmm. floor. And he kills this little one who almost made a friend. I feel, it, yeah, one of the little hairy guys is what, the one whose job it is to, like, clean up his poopy balls. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's also, you start to hear weird baby noises. I'm, I, I just got to say, uh, yesterday or today maybe even, the person who made the Dead Meat Out of Context video messaged me and was like, I made another one. I watched it. It was great. They could probably make one that's just from this episode. <laughs> like, it, this is cheating. What's funny is I, before we started recording, I was thinking about how we talk about poop so much on this podcast. And this movie, watching it, I was like, Oh, we're being punished. This is this whole episode. Like, oh, you want poop and balls? Here you go, open wide. Hey, want to talk to you about our first sponsor this week, Dadgrass. So maybe you're thinking about watching Mad God after listening to our review, and maybe you want a more enhanced experience, but you also don't want to smoke something that'll send you straight to a hell dimension. Dadgrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Their 100% organic pre-rolled joints are very low in THC and high in CBD, so you can enjoy all the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. That way you get to chill out without getting stoned. It's kind of like having a glass of wine and not the whole bottle. I personally really like Daggrass to help me sleep. It's just something nice that I keep in my bedside table and it really helps on those nights where I'm just tossing and turning, especially now that it's getting warm out. I always have such a hard time sleeping and it tastes good. That's not in the copy. I just think it tastes really nice. <laughs> All Daggrass products are federally legal for ages 21 and over and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Right now, Daggrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to daggrass.com slash deadmeat. Go to daggrass.com slash deadmeat for 20% off your first order. That's daggrass.com slash deadmeat. Our next sponsor this week is Manscaped. 
Look, we're talking a lot about weird balls in this episode. Not saying yours belong anywhere near this movie, but maybe you're also kind of looking at how weird and hairy everything is in Mad God and thinking, I should clean up down there. Whether you're looking to get rid of all of it or just go for a nice trim, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The grooming package I recommend is the Performance Package 4.0, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. I'll admit, James got one of these and I definitely stole it. It's perfect for summertime, especially hitting the pool. Get that bikini area and no ingrown hairs. I've noticed that it's really good at preventing ingrown hairs, which hurt really, really bad and don't look very nice either. In the same package, you'll also get the Weed Whacker, which is a nose and ear hair trimmer. You'll also receive two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxers. James really likes those. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with our code DEADMEAT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code DEADMEAT. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Use the code DEADMEAT. Wait, yeah, so they hear this, they hear this baby noise on these loudspeakers and oh, all, yeah. yeah, all the hairy guys are just standing around watching this like rotating tower of TVs and screens and there's this gross mouth on it. It's like the mouth of Sauron kind of. And it's making baby noises. And it's just making baby noises. One of the screens has an eye, so they're being watched too, I guess. But that's the beginning of the baby noise. You want more baby noises? Don't worry, we got you fucking covered later there's on, There's lots man. of baby, baby sounds. <laughs> so many baby noises. The assassin's going down a hatch and he gets to these mountains of briefcases. There's mm -hmm. just, and like, it's just this endless field where there's mountains of briefcases. And he has his own briefcase that he sets up and he opens it and there's dynamite and a clock. Like you know, it, it, with the whole capitalism metaphor, it's, he's got a briefcase like he's a businessman. Yeah. I think that fits in. Mm -hmm. But this one does have a bomb in it. I saw a joke tweet that was like, Mad God is about just going about your stupid day and doing your stupid job. And I kind of think that's true a little bit. Well, that's the thing is that was an interpretation that I read because turns out that the assassin is uh, lowered into this hellscape by the last human. It is a guy who we'll see a little bit later. The guy with, with the... very long fingernails and toenails. Yeah. He is played by an actual person. It is a human being the in this. The fingernails are one thing, but the toenails, I just... Do you I remember just... that Nickelodeon show, uh... It wasn't all that. It was like a more like industrial setting, but it may have also been sketches, but also music. But there was a guy, there was a character there who had really long fingernails. What? Does anyone know? That sounds like a nightmare. Okay. It was on SNCC. I'm pretty sure, like, first iteration of SNCC. Someone's going to let me know. <laughs> was I, it a sketch comedy thing? I don't. Was it Wienerville? The fuck was that? Do you know Wienerville? Wienerville was. Oh. It was a lot of puppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wienerville was puppets. It's a live action element. Yeah. Roundhouse. Roundhouse. Not no Roundhouse. It ran from 92 to 96. And I'm pretty... Uh, it was uh, made by a former writer for In Living Color, which checks out, which checks out with my memory oh. of what Roundhouse was. It felt like a very, I don't know, like hip uh, thing. I watched In Living Color. Yeah. As a child. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I swear there was a character with long fingernails on there. I just, the long 
fingernails are one thing, but the toenails, I just think of when I haven't cut my toenails and, and, and it snags on a blanket. Oh, yeah. That guy just has that all the time. Anyway, turns out that this last human is the one sending these assassins down there. Which, that character makes me think maybe the human actors are all kind of intentional. Maybe. Or at least that guy, like for sure. Th- the god. Yeah. He is the god yeah. of these people. But I saw that an interpretation of the movie as being like, yeah, that's that's God or a parent, and it sends you out into the world, and for the most part, the world ignores you. You go about your day, and, and you see all these things out there yeah, in the world. Yeah, you're in your little pod, mm-hmm. and things and, and don't really affect you. Those some, things happen to other people. Yeah, and some things are horrifying, and some things are interesting looking, but mostly they ignore you until, at this point, this guy tries to affect enact change and have an influence on something by setting up this bomb in the briefcase. And that is when something finally interacts with him and does something about his presence. Even though in all these other places, he stands out and is very obvious. He's not like trying to blend in with anything. Everyone ignores him. They don't care. But as soon as he sets down something that may affect things and create a change and destroy this oppressive system, that's when something comes up and grabs him and kills him. Oh, that's like the idea that protests that are convenient and don't get in anyone's way maybe that yeah don't really do shit mm, maybe I, I like that read on it that's i like cool. that one yeah there's i a think bunch phil interpretations. probably cool to talk to <laughs> about like life stuff i think he has said that acid trips were involved in the creation of this i'm pretty sure that seems correct i don't Especially know how you do this without it yeah. that this gets to where it's extremely existential so like the the very end we're gonna fast forward really quick the very end of it is basically we see a whole universe be created and then it's like sped up and it's almost like this cycle of universe just you see like planets form cells split fish Humans, skyscrapers. Yeah. And then someone's theory was that the shot of the last man at the end is basically a different, like, it's the universe coming back around to that exact same point and that the universe is, like, cyclical and it will just always form and then collapse back in on itself over and over and over again. Well, there is that. I can see the cyclical interpretation, but... With our assassin right here, he sets down his his bomb and he gets killed by this creature. And then you see that the bomb uh, is faulty and it doesn't go off. Mm -hmm. But at the end, after we see that whole universe get created and everything, that changes something and the bomb does go off. Yeah, because we get the cuckoo bird. Yeah, so it's not necessarily cyclical. Something might have happened to finally enact that change. And that lends itself to another interpretation I saw where it was... The last human is God, and he's trying to destroy the devil way, 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 way down below, and is sending out these angels or humans to do the job. And then in the end, he succeeds. He finally blows it all up, and he becomes the mad God. Because the very last shot is that guy, like, looking down into the hole. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is it confirmed that that, the last man is supposed to be the titular mad God? I don't know if anything's confirmed, hon. Yeah. I almost kind of think that it's just... Kind of an overarching, like, if you take this movie as a, it's just kind of a fever dream. Like, there's not really any specific point to it. It's just a lot of maybe weird subconscious stuff. But to me, it just felt like all the worst shit about being sentient and living on Earth just 
put together in a movie. There's war. There's just even if you're a little critter and not a human, you're there's always someone above you in the food chain and you, every day is like, well, hope I don't get eaten kind of thing. Or stepped on. Yeah. Or stepped on. And just living to work. And it's just the idea that I, you know, struggled with where I was questioning, like, am I, do I believe, am I religious? What's going on? Where you kind of realize how, fucked being alive can be and who else if there is a god surely he must be crazy right Mm -hmm. to make this and this is just what it's like that's how i interpreted the title anyway sure yeah. it's like only a mad god could create this yeah yeah and not mad as an angry more like crazy yeah exactly Mm -hmm. yeah anyway that's the first 30 minutes that people tend to dr- generally enjoy more so than the rest of the movie. Yeah, I think I enjoyed the first third and the third third the most. I think the middle started to... The sequence with the surgeons, I was zoning out. That's where we're at now. Quite a bit. Is It's like his audience and silhouette sits down to enjoy oh, the show. Oh, I did kind of like this. Yeah, and the curtains part, and then you see... The, the assassin is tied to an operating table and a surgeon and nurse come in and they just fucking tear into this guy. So, I saw some people be like, it's 15 minutes of them tearing into it. I timed it. No. It is, it's three minutes, which feels very long like the rest of this, but it is three very gory minutes of them slitting open this guy's cavity and tearing out blood and guts and jewels and... And gems and coins yeah, and, and books, and... Pa- uh, pages of books, which I saw maybe symbolize the things that we value, the things that we assign value to, and the things that we have learned in our lives yeah. being excavated from this this assassin. And also, just you can't take it with you, kind of. Maybe that, yeah. yeah. And but they, for their purposes, they are just like destroying it, tossing it on the floor until they get to what they are looking for, which is a hairy leech baby. Yeah. Very eraser head baby. Eraser head baby's much cuter than this thing. This thing is just a tube with human teeth on the end and, and hair. The hair. Got a lot of hair. Lots of hair. There's a lot of hair in on things inside of things. And it's like real hair because it's stop motion. So. It's so great. And it's got it, that weird like when you when you stop motion animate hair where it's just kind of rustling constantly. Well, that's the thing is these fucking this nurse and surgeon i don't know if they're played by people but if yeah they they're are, definitely okay, people then they're like done in a weird frame rate they're all jittery mm-hmm. it's very unnerving i did see just because i don't want to go this whole time without saying it i've seen many people say this whole movie feels like a 90 minute tool music video i was gonna say if <laughs> this segment specifically felt like a nine inch nails video or something yeah yeah i saw someone literally suggest a specific tool album that they said lines up great with the movie yeah dude this movie's barely been out and people are already like here's the thing it syncs up exactly to this tool album that could get me to watch it because that's the thing is this movie has no dialogue i don't know Mm -hmm. if we mentioned that there's no dialogue it's got sound design and squealing there's a single line of oh no oh no yeah like mr bill style yeah this this movie also i can think of maybe one tiny segment in this movie that i would consider like pretty or beautiful. I mean, this movie is beautiful in its way, right? But like aesthetically, it's disgusting. This movie. What, the alchemist's little 
Yeah, his little tiny world that's all neon colors. Like mm-hmm. that's very that's it looks completely different. Were than those the rest fucking of the movie. gummy worms that have the trippy ass commercials? I feel like sour gummies. Is that them? Where they're like their commercials are I real know fucking you're... weird. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I was reminded of. Yeah, yeah. With the alchemy, that's that's later. It felt a little Pee Wee's Playhouse. It reminded me of the dinosaurs. Yeah, in Pee Wee's Playhouse, but the rest of it. Everything feels dirty and gross. It just, it looked, the whole movie looks like it smells. And I think animation, when you talk about when animation is at its peak, right? Like when it's just peak art form, you maybe think of things that are really beautiful. Like Fantasia, I think, is a masterpiece. Like early Disney are just all masterpieces. Like Ghibli movies. Is it Ghibli or Ghibli? I never know. Okay. Yeah, you all know what I mean. (laughs) Things like that, like the thief and the cobbler. It's like, it's beautiful. This is disgusting. It's just, it makes, yeah, you just feel like you want to shower after the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I love that every little piece of this, like every individual element in this is gross and not nice to look at, but it comes together to make this like, I think really gorgeous movie in a fucked up way. In a fucked up way. Yeah. Surgeon drills into the assassin's head, which is a big old hole in it, and sticks a camera down there, like he's giving him a brainoscopy. And yeah, then, he's, and then he's like emptying him out like a fucking pumpkin. So, <laughs> and he puts a camera. And so now we go to a different part, and here's where there's some debate. Yeah, I still don't really know what's yeah. going on here. And honestly, now, I think to a point, it doesn't fucking matter. It's fine. And this is when we meet the last human. It's the guy with the long fingernails and toenails. And he is creating a bunch of assassins. There's like a whole bunch of assassins, all with the gas masks and jackets. And uh, we see him lower another one down. Yeah, and and they're in this like war camp, kind of. Yeah, and also he's got like witches underneath the table who are sewing together a map. Yeah, they kind of, I thought they were maybe like the fates. Yeah, I couldn't tell if there were three of them, but... And, and so here's where some people think that we are simply seeing the assassin's memories of when he was first sent down. But there are two things that make me say, no, this is a new assassin. One, this new assassin has a different map. It's made of leather, and it's not falling apart. And I feel like that's something where the last human was like, oh, I, I've heard or seen somehow that these paper maps are falling apart. Here's a map made of leather, and this one, in fact, stays uh, together. And then secondly, he lowers him down in the diving bell again. And I, I remember when the first one landed and started his journey, in the background you could see the diving bell ascend again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's going back up. Apparently back up for another assassin to hop in, and he's lower down. And this new assassin lands in a different place. Yeah, because- that's what I thought they were clearly two different yeah. guys because their journeys are completely different. Yeah, the first one lands at like an intersection of roads, and the second one lands like right next to a, a junk heap, and he like picks up a bicycle to ride, and it falls apart. I thought that was funny. Yeah, and there's a giant like red alien that's zapping people and it looks those things reminded me of fucking subnautica they're almost like for the worlds kind of yeah they're zapping a bunch of hair monkey then there's monsters all having an orgy in an alley wait when was that it it, there's like a panning shot in this city and there's a minotaur looking thing and these other monsters and one of them's giving him a hand job oh i miss you do you blink and you miss fucked up shit in this movie it's incredible yeah Yeah. uh and there's dinosaurs (laughs) <laughs> flying around. 
Yeah, I like I like this new assassin. He's he drives around on like a little motorcycle. Yeah, then he picks up a jeep he and a he's car. driving around in a jeep. He takes his jeep over to pile of meat land. Well, he wait meat land. I know he passes a bunch of like skulls. That's right after he drives through just piles of meat. Okay. Yeah, he goes to Heads on Spikes Land. Heads on Spikes Land and then Terminator War Land. Yeah, Terminator Land for sure. Uh Just mushroom clouds everywhere. just robots shooting ammunitions at each other. Yeah, mushroom clouds, tornadoes. Yeah, there's tornadoes. He sees on a wall there's silhouettes burnt into walls like are common after nuclear explosions. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I missed that. Like, this is very... I think ha- this has a very anti-war bent too, because it really is just about the. T- I mean, because how old is he's like my dad's age? Mm-hmm. I think he was born in 1950, and like, yeah, that's a person who just grew up being afraid of nukes their entire life. Mm-hmm. Like nukes were used on another country right before he was born. So this just feels like that fear and. It felt like it felt like claymation threads a little bit. Have you seen threads? No. Threads is so scary. Threads is a, uh, I think British made for TV movie about. Oh, I think... It's like a cautionary tale of this is what would the aftermath, specifically the aftermath. It opens with, uh, like doomsday. Essentially, it's like nuclear war. I think I remember it. this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was when I realized that the reason there were towers of briefcases was because those were all failed attempts of previous assassins. Because yeah. here we have a new assassin. He also has a briefcase bomb. And so it's like, oh, okay, he's going there and all the other ones have failed. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up taking his little Jeep down uh, a spiral square oh, yeah. uh, hole. hole. Yeah. And that's the last we see of him. You're right. And that's that upsets me. That is confusing. Although, is the briefcase at the end that goes off his? Or is it the first assassin's and it just ended up working? Maybe the first assassin was murdered by that monster when trying to set the briefcase. And then the one on the operating table that we saw get all his guts and stuff removed was the new assassin. And this was, in fact, a memory that they were looking at that's through the camera I and the brain. That's I interpreted I it. think that's the one I lean towards. Like, we presume that he went down this spiral stone uh, runway and then wound up on the surgeon's table. Yeah. Maybe. Because why else would they be putting a camera in his head? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, why is anyone doing anything in this movie? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's fine if you don't know. It's fine. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Like the movie it reminds me of, Eraserhead. It's like, I mean, I guess that movie does have like pretty valid interpretations, like fear of fatherhood and shit. But also, mm-hmm. you know, it's just about sitting back and enjoying a weird monster baby's adventures with his dad <laughs> and the lady who lives in the, the radiator. radiator. Yeah. Okay, so now we're back to the nurse with the hairy baby. This thing won't shut the fuck up for the next 20 minutes. Yeah, it's just going to be crying. You you want baby crying? There you go. And then she takes the baby slug to this door that opens, and there's this plague doctor-looking creature that I love. I love this creature. Who has one of those big hats that was in style about four or five years ago yeah very on the stevie nicks yeah the hat. stevie nicks the uh 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 tysa farmiga a tysa farmiga hat yeah she definitely like in a uh 
American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Coven. Yeah, rocking that hat. Rocking that hat. Mm-hmm. And then from the brim of the hat, there's a bunch of dangly bits. Yeah, like bones and stuff. And then while she's walking around, she has like ribbons floating. Yes, after. he's it's- really ethereal floating just tatters of fabric. And she's got these giant claws. I love, I love the design of this creature. I instantly, it's weird. I don't think this creature is supposed to make me feel like this, but I felt very comforted by this creature i think because it looks so different than everything else so far there's something it's not like a mutated mole rat looking person it's not as organic that's shitting and pissing everywhere yeah it's this fabric covered like it's much more ethereal like yeah there's something very graceful about it mm-hmm. just floating around uh so she's takes the baby and starts uh, just hovering towards her destination. And then we meet the alchemist, who's a mean motherfucker. Yeah. This, this nasty guy. We are introduced to him. He's having little monster fights. He's making monsters fight each other with shovels. And then at the end, they're, they've got little helmets. He just shocks them. He shocks them so much, they get little boners. Yeah, they get little monster boners. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to working and shoveling stuff. Mm-hmm. So he just had them fight, and then he shocked them into... Uh, Shocked him into Boner Town and then made him go fight or made him go work. Yep. And then you're like, okay, what else can this guy do? And this guy looks like a tumor with a beard. He is it just really lumpy. is just like where are his eyes and facial it's, You it's can't gross. really tell. It's it just... looks like something that you had removed from your body to save your life and then it grew a beard. And uh, it looks like if Belial had a Belial. <laughs> and then they removed that thing, and that's what this is. And then someone rubbed Rogaine all over its chin. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything's got to have hair mm-hmm. in this movie. So this little, and he's smiling. He's yeah. having a fucking blast. Dude, he loves his life. And to be fair, if you're going to be anyone in this movie, you either want to be him or the uh, plague doctor, because they live in a castle and there's glitter everywhere. Sure. Like, yeah. the bar is low for mm-hmm. what's livable in this little universe. Could be the shrimp. They're playing cards. Oh, yeah, that's Although, true. Although, I don't know if the spider's going to come after them at some point. Because here's the thing. Now we're in, in this thing. The alchemist, like, opens a little, like, I don't know. It's basically a sea monkey tank and sprinkles some food in it. Yeah, and I then, think it's like, it's like a maggots or not maggots they are like little a grub yeah it's grubs mm-hmm. and we we transition into the most colorful part of the movie yeah it's really cool looking and there are these fun little almost i don't know almost fucking teletubby looking things they're weird they're like round and bright Spotted. colors and they look completely different than everything else in this movie this whole environment looks like it looks like a black light fish tank it was like pandora's box at universal Studios. yeah 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 it's really cool, and yeah, there's and like we're having a are they a mommy time. and a baby? I think so. Yeah, and they they see they're eating the grub, they're just sucking down grub after grub through their little mouth hole. We're having a fun time, and then the alchemist is like, <laughs> and he opens up a fucking side, and this weird spider thing goes in there, and the spider thing grabs the baby, and the mom is like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, and drag the drags the baby away, and the shrimp playing cards are like, oh. And then the alchemist laughs. I like my notes just go, there's some little guys in here. Oh no. Right after the (laughs) door gets opened. That was before she even yells, oh no. I wrote that on my own accord. Yeah. We can't have nice things in this movie. This room also has clocks everywhere that are covered. There's clocks ticking constantly. What was interesting is, and I think this is another really cool layer to this film, is in the interview I was watching with him, he was saying that time 
for him is something he's so aware of as a stop motion animator because stop motion is all about it's manipulating something you know one frame at a time yeah. and it's just having to be so conscious of how time affects things and how to make time work with what you're animating and also like he's this was a 30 year long project and he's completing this now as a guy in his 70s and it's just that aspect as well just time passage of time yeah is really there, there's yeah. uh an extended clock ticking sequence when the assassin is strapped to the surgeon's table i really like the sound effect they use it's very uh springy mm -hmm. and but it's like the the second hand and it, it's not consistent it keeps slowing down and down and yeah time and clocks is a uh constant theme in this yeah and i just feel like it lends to the existential yeah. parts of this work for then, sure then the alchemist uh, sits back and watches some vintage porn and footage of nukes oh through a little eye scope oh the vintage porn is also blinking as i mean we're talking silent film porn like they're watching in nightmare five friday four or, i'm sorry not nightmare oh man if only <laughs> sorry <laughs> Thank you. Friday. Yeah, the one with Crispin Glover. Yeah. They're all watching weird, the longest vintage porn of all time. Just getting high and watching It's it. like that, where it's like, ooh, a lady in a wash bin, kind of. <laughs> Plague Doctor lady shows up with the baby. Yeah. And the alchemist's like, thanks. They put the baby in, in a pan. In like a vice with spikes, and they crush that they baby. They crush that baby. They juice it. And it's... finally shuts up. Uh, the juice goes down into it gets smelted mm -hmm. into a brick into a metal brick yeah like the baby juice goes into a crucible and like it gets yeah melted down poured into this brick and that brick gets ground into glitter very bright very sparkly glitter. glitter then the plague doctor takes the glitter and throws it into a a furnace where it opens up and there's this weird this this is a point in the movie where i for a second, I, I thought to myself, I understand when an eldritch horror HP Lovecraft is like, it truly, I could not describe the horror that I was looking at. This is like a, just, we, it's like an eyeball and it's just this kind of weird, I, I don't even know, I can't For, describe I don't know. it. But this is when we get like the Big Bang and we see planets form. Yeah, asteroids, split. aliens. I think it's oh, implied yeah, aliens, aliens are, are the ones who like, basically bring life to a planet oh yeah kind of fuck thing. what's that called uh oh their name for there's a name for yeah planet. for um extraterrestrial origin of life and like the sun is exploding and there's life forming and there's fish and babies and a city and then that city gets nuked and there's then a black hole and the black hole is throwing out these monoliths that mm -hmm. we see earlier in like the factory with all the little hairy guys they're basically just making these monoliths Imagine 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's that. They're just giant bars. Panspermia. Oh, really? Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. Life. No, that's life exists throughout the universe, distributed by space dust. Then there's a baby head in a jar, and then there's time starts moving forward really fast. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we see the cuckoo bird. And, it, and the briefcase blows up. Yeah. Isn't there also a shot of the last man looking back down the... That's the last shot, yeah. That's him, like, maybe seeing it start to explode. Yeah. And then that's it. Roll credits. 
And that's when we looked at each other and went, what's this episode going to be? <laughs> Honestly, this felt more coherent than I was expecting. Yeah, you know, it helps that I read other people's thoughts and took them for my own. <laughs> yeah, just put together a hodgepodge of other people's I had reviews. some of these thoughts watching yeah, it. Yeah, same. I, I had some kind of... Mine was more like, this is an expression of the worst humanity has to offer kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I saw some really interesting religious takes, kind of Dante's Inferno, which I also had that thought, especially the first third of it, where he's just descending through layers of various guys. <laughs> And honestly, it just is cool to look at at the end of the day. Like, Yeah, you tweeted something about this being a masterpiece of a movie that you'll never watch again. Yeah. I was thinking, maybe the tool thing, but this would be a good thing to have on during like a Halloween party where you just put it sure. on in the background on like a TV and then it's just playing and people will filter in and out of the room and be like, what the what fuck is, is this? this? Yeah. Yeah. I saw, someone, someone gave me a little grief about my review that it was brilliant and i don't know if i ever want to watch it again they're like Why what is that say? just like if something doesn't have like a rewatch value it can it be good i'm like yes. yeah a thousand percent something can be an experience that you live through once and you're good and again if your only experience with movies is watching them for narrative sustenance and you know maybe just for the entertainment value it's you might not enjoy this, and that's fine. Like, yeah. this doesn't have to be for everyone. It is not for everyone. It's certainly not for everyone. But if you want an experience, you can check it out and see what it does for you. Yeah, <laughs> if you just want to kind of be in awe of the craft that went into this. This is a man's 30-year work and just so many years of an amazing career just poured into this one project. I mean, this is truly like... I, I think it's it's really cool that this is a dream project someone got to make that's just purely an artistic vision that wasn't driven by there's no studio giving notes on this thing. There's <laughs> yeah. no any there's yeah. no limitations besides time really mm -hmm. for him to get this done. And he the interview I was watching even said like he kind of considered this his escape from his day job like his day he's he's saying his day job there's so many external factors there's the project i'm working on it's what other people need from me i'm not the only person making this thing but this is like mine and i can just do whatever i want yeah it checks out and like even just that cool. alone is a cool thing to see yeah yeah well, that's mad god yeah oh boy <laughs> <laughs> Two scabby balls up. <laughs> nice. I know at one point in time in our lives, we said that this was going to be the summer of blanky blank. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still want to do that maybe, but also I kind of derailed that with other episodes and then I RTX happened. We have the live and, show, yeah. And then so it might not happen. I'm just giving the heads up. There's also been a lot of other movies that many people have requested. Like movies have come up where lots of people want us to do them and I'm like mm -hmm. they're also movies I want to see too, so we might as well do those. Yeah. We don't necessarily have to do a theme. Maybe we can do that next year and have a proper summer dedicated to Blanky yeah. Blanks. Yeah. Prep that out a little bit better, but 
uh, yeah, I just want to give a heads up because I know that we had mentioned it on the show before. Yeah. And I'm sure some people were like, wasn't that going to happen? I don't know. Maybe not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but we're we'll doing see. our best here, man. I'm, what if next week we talked about men? Because I still want to see that. People want to hear us talk about Black Phone. Oh, yeah. Which we would have to see again since it's been too many months for mm-hmm. me to talk about it. Sure. But, okay. I don't know. We'll we will play out. it by There's ear. There's always the sadness lurking out there oh, waiting to yeah. destroy us if yeah. we so want. I don't know, man. Okay. You can follow Dead Meat on social media at Dead Meat James on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. <laughs> I'm Carebeck, C-R-E-V-E-C-C on Twitter and Instagram. And you want merch, DeadMeatStore.com. There's new merch. There's Let's Get to the Kills stuff. There's Lucy merch. Lucy stuff. <laughs> There's Lucy stuff. I designed both of them, and they're really cute. I worked really hard on them. Go buy a mug. Go buy that <laughs> shit. I drink from that mug. Uh, we got a Would You Rather Kill count coming out on Friday for more things to just devastate you. Yeah. Make you sad. Also, uh, this is breaking news. Never before mentioned in public. It will be the first time mention it right here. We have new U2s coming out, baby. We got fucking V2 U2s coming out. I think it's like Killer James and Final Girl Chelsea. So keep an eye out for that. I'll tweet about it, but I think it's they're going on sale on the 20th. Um, not sure if it's like a pre-order thing or if they'll just be available right on the 20th, but, uh, yeah, more dead meat merch that you can get. You twos. I like those figures. This Thursday at 845 Pacific time, 1145 Eastern, I'm going to be doing a Q and a with the director and some of the cast of pray for the devil, a new Lionsgate movie coming out. I'm going to be taking over the Lionsgate Instagram. It's on Instagram. Yes, it, this is an Instagram live. I will post more stuff when I know more and have links and stuff. But yeah, it'll be a fun little 15 minute hangout. Nice. Where we talk about a cool movie. Cool. That's you, about a, a kick ass nun. You gotta get up early for that. I do. Chelsea's not early. a morning person. I'm not a morning person. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> We're gonna have to set a few alarm clocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A series of them. All right. Well, cool. Thank you all so much. And thanks again for people who came out to RTX. It was yes. really nice to see people. And we love the uh, two hours of signing things and taking pictures with you. The last person in that line literally waited for two, two hours. hours. It's dope as hell. Thank you for yeah. doing that. That's It's incredible. Yeah. Well, until next time, I'm James. I'm Chelsea. And this has been the Dead Me Podcast. Lucy does not use this. Nope.